Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. It's time for another isms episode. So this is going to be part two of our isms. Last one would have aired in uh, around the 4th of July, 2020. So in today's episode, planting is underway in many geographies, but there are areas that are still dry following the short rainfall from late last summer. So today we're going to talk about the ism, rain makes grain. To talk about with that with us today, we have Wayne Fithian. Wayne, welcome back. It's good to be back, Jim. Always fun to do a podcast with you. Ah, thank you. So where does the ism, rain makes grain, come from? Well, it's actually an adaptation from a 2009 song by Luke Bryan, and his song was Rain is a Good Thing. And, and that song is more about making whiskey and getting frisky than it is about raising a crop of corn or soybeans. But it does actually point out, accurately point out, that rain makes corn. And then, of course, some of that corn results in whiskey, and a little bit of that whiskey results in some friskiness, I, if you listen to the song. <laughs> I like that, but that's probably a topic for another episode. So let's get back to the statement of, of rain makes corn. So... You know, what do you see? How does where does it come from? What does it mean? Well, I I think uh, you know a lot of areas in the Corn Belt were really dry last summer, and so we all know that if you don't get rain, and especially if you don't have irrigation water to supplement that crop, uh, it sure you don't sure get as much corn as you do when it does rain. So mm-hmm. I think you know rain makes grain is actually an, an ism we. We originally started talking about when we were developing AgriShare Artesian over a decade ago and, and mm-hmm. uh, trying to talk to people about the value of Artesian. But really today, I think we want to talk a little bit more about, you know, where are we at in terms of the soil profile for moisture and what implications does that have on our 2021 crop of corn or soybeans mm-hmm. with the ism that rain makes green. Exactly. So, yeah, if we think back to last fall, last last late summer, things were getting really, really dry in a lot of areas. We saw the drought monitor projecting droughts both anywhere from moderate all the way through severe drought uh, through much of Nebraska, South Dakota, northwest Iowa, even, even parts of Minnesota were being stricken by this drought. But, you know, we did actually get a reasonable amount of rainfall last fall. Uh, as well as some winter snows that did melt slowly enough into the ground that it contributed to some of the stored moisture within the profile. If you were to look at the drought monitor as of March 30th of 2021, you know what you'll see is that because of some of these spring rains that have come, a lot of that drought has receded back further west. There, there are still areas, certainly up in North Dakota, the kind of north, northwest, central part of South Dakota that are under extreme drought, as well as in, as you're getting down into the west, southwest. Yeah, and a little part I might add even in northwest Iowa. So, you know, I think uh, mm-hmm. you're right. We, we've, we've fixed a lot of this situation, but the drought from 2020 is still on people's minds. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really emotional. I, I'm, I don't farm, but I can imagine from working with farmers and, you know, watching crops go backwards a little bit more each day when you're in a drought. It's such an emotional situation that... Mm-hmm that droughts linger in people's minds a lot longer than the drought conditions may actually persist. So when we have a drought, it's hard to get it out of our minds. Mm-hmm. It's hard to trust that that rainfall is going to come and that we're going to, you know, but we're going to have a normal crop. But I think, you know, we got to, what we got to think about is what are the odds? Mm-hmm. 
will we have a drought again? Will we have, will we have a lot of rain? Well, we don't know yet. Yep. <laughs> so let's think about the odds and, and, and what impact water actually has on the crop and when. Absolutely. So that's a really great segue into, you know, we know that corn and soybeans both need water in order to produce optimum yields. You know, it's a critical ingredient in order for the plant to be able to pull up nutrients, respire, and, and get things done. But how does that dynamic actually work with the timing of water and, and why it needs water? Yeah, well, you know, the why it needs water is, like you said, bring up nutrients in order to, in, in order to transpire and if the plant can't transpire, if it can't lose water off the leaf surface, it can't trap carbon dioxide. And if it can't trap carbon dioxide, it can't make sugar. Mm-hmm. And we all know that sugar is actually what results in whiskey. So, <laughs> But again, that's another part. But I think uh, many research studies have shown that when water is available is tremendously more important than how much rainfall you get or how much irrigation you're able to provide during the growing season. So it's not total rainfall. And, and it's not how much water's in the profile when you start. Mm-hmm. It's when do you get the water to the crop. Yep. You know, early and mid-vegetative stages, you know, when you plant the crop, insignificant, you're losing more water from evaporation off the soil than the crop's using, even up through about knee-high. Well, as it starts to shade, you get rid of that evaporation loss from the soil. But, but, the, but the crop, even at waist-high, isn't using a tremendous amount of water, so... Being short on water early in the season with both corn and soybeans, it really just results in a shorter plant. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that would be more advantageous, right? Yeah. So we get a shorter plant, but it really doesn't have much impact on yield. And then if you go to the backside after the grain's pretty well made, so late reproductive stages are also not that critical to yield. So the important time isn't early and it isn't late. Yeah. yeah so when is it that the crops do actually need water in order to produce that optimum yield? Well, the, the, the best description is by growth stage, right? So it's as they go into the reproductive stages mm-hmm. and the early part of the reproductive stages. And so typically with corn, we talk about mid-July through the middle to latter part of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier planted crop, earlier growth conditions, that might move up a little bit. And for soybeans, we'd think about, well, mid-August through early to mid-September. So that's when the rainfall is really going to determine how much crop we harvest. So timing for the greatest loss to drought, because we always say, you know, your worst loss to drought is going to be in that pollination to blister early milk stage. Mm -hmm. And the worst time for beans is is right after fertilization when they're trying to go through that rapid pod elongation and that, that bean growth. And so... The same time that's the worst for losing a crop to drought is also when you get the greatest response to added water, whether it's by rainfall or by irrigation. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, it's a great point to point out that, you know, I've seen plenty of instances where in eastern Colorado and western Kansas, you know, things went in really dry, there was enough moisture to get the seed germinated, but it really didn't actually add that much vegetative growth you know the, the hybrid that that in minnesota would be almost 12 feet tall was you know barely to my eye you know tassel barely to my eye but you know the, steel, the field still made 130 140 bushels an acre at fourteen thousand plants per acre because it got that perfect rain right in that period yeah so i think you know when we're thinking about rain right now oh gosh it's dry right now i think we got to think about the average you know how how often in Eastern Nebraska or Iowa or Minnesota, 
you know, eastern half of South Dakota and North mm-hmm. Dakota, do we really not start to get rainfall in the middle part of the summer? So I'd, I'd rather have a not quite full profile of water now mm-hmm. and, and get that rain later that uh, really is important to the crop, which makes me think of anotherism, and that's, uh, you know, dust it in and bust the bin. Because <laughs> really, it doesn't take much water to get that crop germinated and started. All you need from early rains is just enough water to keep it growing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's reason to be optimistic about being just a little bit dry here in the spring, too, and that this is a much less favorable environment for some of those early season fungi to really take hold, you know, early fusarium infection into the roots that can then cause late season stock lodging. By being a little bit dry now, as long as we have enough moisture to get the plant started and, and going, isn't a bad thing for yield and harvestability. Yeah, so, you know, if I'm a corn and soybean farmer, I think that the biggest rewards are from doing what you do every year, every year. So staying in those same rotations, staying with those same crops that work over the over the long haul. And if you're in a dry start of the season, then just as you're going out there and planting, it might seem futile, but think about, you know, later water is going to be what's going to give me that yield. And right now I'm going to dust it in and bust the bin. Dust it in and bust the bin. Absolutely. So Wayne, just to kind of look at things as a whole, you know, we, we are really dry in some spots, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because corn and soybeans both don't necessarily need moisture now in order to make grain later in the season. The most critical times for grain are right around that flowering time period through blister or so in corn and then through flowering uh, from flowering through elongation in beans. And if we lack moisture now, we may just end up with some shorter plants, which could mean less residue to deal with in the fall. But as long as we get that moisture, which typically does come for the vast majority of, of our geographies at those critical times in the middle of the summer and the latter half of the summer, we should have a, a plenty good crop to deal with. Is there anything that I missed in that summary? No, that's perfect. You know, I think about all the times that, you know, when I was out in the area, part of the world you, you know, that I grew up in that you were talking about out mm-hmm. in eastern Colorado and western Nebraska and dry area, how many times the wheat crop was ready to harvest in early to mid-July, and we started getting rain. And mm-hmm. that's the rain, of course, that made the corn crop. So that's why I say stay with the cropping plans that are the most uh, efficient for you over time, and that's how you'll win in the long run. Exactly. So, you know, the rain makes grain, but right now let's, let's remember that dust it in and we'll bust the bin. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Well, as always, be sure to tune in on the 1st and 15th of every month for new episodes. And until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Huda Media Production.